Star Wars 7x7 episode 2912. All right, let's dig deeper into that final duel in the episode that we are calling Letting Go, a.k.a. Part 6, the finale of the Obi-Wan Kenobi limited series. Punch it! Hey Rebel Riser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So I want to say from the jump that my thinking about how this last battle was going to go in the finale of the Kenobi series was flawed from the start. It basically started from a flawed premise which was that Obi-Wan would have to be presumed dead for Vader to not be looking for him anymore and that's how we would get to the way things are in the events of A New Hope. However, that obviously was not the case, and Ryan O on YouTube pointed out to me that there's a line in A New Hope that, if I had remembered it in the first place, would have made me realize early on that my premise was flawed. It's that line when Kenobi and Vader face each other and Vader says, when we, ma <laughs> when we last met, I was but the learner, now I am the master. Well. That line presumes that the last time that Vader and Kenobi fought, that Kenobi must have gotten the best of Vader because, yeah, otherwise he wouldn't say I was a learner the last time we met, right? So thank you, Rahin O, for pointing that out and doing so very politely, I might add, and also adding best podcast ever in all caps into that comment, which I presume is related to the conversations that we've been having on the podcast about all the reviews on Apple Podcasts that I've been sharing and so forth. And so, Ryan, thank you so much for sharing that best podcast ever comment on YouTube, even though I was completely wrong about this particular aspect of things. But hey, at least I'm admitting <laughs> It, right? And I'm grateful for that review as well. So thank you again, Ryan. I really appreciate it. So with that said, the battle had to end the way that it had to end, apparently, with Obi-Wan still maintaining his mastery of Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker. I suppose maybe there's a way that that could have been done where Obi-Wan dominated Vader in the fight and also, you know, seemingly disappeared off the edge of a cliff or something. But yeah, I'm not going to push that <laughs> much farther. Anyway, let's talk about the battle itself and break it down. So on yesterday's episode of the podcast, I talked about the last Jedi inspired visual that opens up the fight with the two of them facing each other across the plane. And that seems like a proper jumping off point because there's just so much in this fight that's reminiscent of previous Star Wars storytelling. Not just prequels and original trilogy and sequels, but also animation as well. Right off the bat when Vader asks if Obi-Wan's come there to destroy him, Obi-Wan replies, I will do what I must, which is pretty much exactly lifted from Revenge of the Sith. And then he goes into the very classic pose, right? You know that one where he faces off with, oh gosh, General Grievous. I had a brief moment where I forgot. He also uses that same pose when he faces off with Darth Maul, or just Maul by that point in Star Wars Rebels. I'd say at this point it is arguably the most famous lightsaber pose of any across all Star Wars storytelling. 
And Vader responds to this with a, then you will die. And this is what he says to Ahsoka in Rebels when they face off against each other. And this is not the only thing that will reference Star Wars Rebels and the fight between Vader and Ahsoka there. So they get into it and there's moments of back-to-back -back lightsaber fighting, which is reminiscent of Kenobi and Maul in The Phantom Menace. And also a sort of saber pointing moment that's very reminiscent from Obi-Wan Kenobi of Kylo Ren in the sequel trilogy. So they continue fighting and Vader says something that you know, I think is new as far as I know and also does something that's new as far as I know. And of course, I absolutely want to be corrected <laughs> if I've got that wrong. But when he observes that his strength, Obi-Wan's strength, is returned, but that the weakness still remains, like that is particularly fascinating to me, just that divided nature situation, how Obi-Wan in that moment is uncommitted to the situation. I mean, he knows he has to, you know, take on Vader at some point and was doing it just to draw people away or draw, you know, the Empire away from these fleeing proto-rebels. But at this point in the fight, Obi-Wan doesn't really have much of a motivating factor for himself other than having drawn Vader away. He's just trying to fight him, basically, but not necessarily fight him to win, just fight him to a standstill. And observing that weakness, Vader says, that's why you always lose. And yeah, I feel like that is going to take some Clone Wars digging to really understand that one because Vader and Obi-Wan, Anakin and Obi-Wan, have not really fought together in a way that justifies that statement. That seems like it must be referring to something else potentially. Or maybe he's just thinking of his interactions with other Force users up until that time. Maybe even the Inquisitorious members, like that sort of thing. Still not sure. Worth thinking about a little more in depth for sure, though. Anyway, so Vader buries him and says, Did you really think you could defeat me? And takes off. And that's also new, comparatively speaking. Obi-Wan trapped underneath the rubble is having these flashbacks, very defeatist flashbacks, until he starts thinking about Leia and then Luke and realizing that not only does he have something to live for, he has something to fight for. And that's enough to potentially eliminate the weakness, I guess, in him and gets him to blow all the rocks away and get up out of that pit and go back after Vader. So that, of course, has some similarity to Return of the Jedi, which we talked about yesterday, where Luke is hiding from Vader and the moment that Vader brings Leia into the proceedings, he says no and starts attacking Vader. And that's when he really goes on the offensive because now he has something to fight for instead of just facing Vader. But before we continue forward, I want to remind you of a line from the third episode of the series. That's the episode that we titled, Not the Face, because that's when Obi-Wan gets dragged into flames by Darth Vader. In that episode, one of the things that Vader says to Obi-Wan is, I am what you made me. And that line comes back in the flashbacks that Obi-Wan has in the pit here in Letting Go, which is what we're calling episode six. And in episode three, it was a line that was meant to do maximum guilt damage to Obi-Wan, but it's a line that Vader then later contradicts when all of the fighting is over. 
So Obi goes after Vader and they fight. And we talked about the rock situation in yesterday's episode, how that was very sort of Last Jedi reminiscent, except of course, Rey didn't throw rocks at anyone. She moved them away, whereas Obi-Wan uses it as weaponry against Vader. And that is kind of, I guess, Empire Strikes Back adjacent to like what happens in the second part of Luke and Vader's battle on Cloud City. And there's also a moment where their non-saber holding hands are you know, locked together and their sabers crossed are you know, driven to the ground. And that's very last, uh, not last Jedi, actually. It's the Force Awakens, that final fight with Rey and Kylo in the snowy forest, right? And then we finally get what had been rumored, speculated, maybe leaked, I don't know, <laughs> to happen in this episode, which was that Obi-Wan would take a shot at Vader's helmet and crack it open so that you could see the disfigured human inside. This similar kind of thing happened in Star Wars Rebels as well during the fight between Ahsoka and Vader where his helmet is also shattered open and you get to see one evil angry eye staring out. And so we have Obi-Wan looking at his friend and saying, I'm sorry for all of it. And how beautifully emoted Ewan McGregor delivers these lines. Like you feel the intensity of that regret and of his misery over the situation. Like just beautifully, beautifully acted by Ewan McGregor. And Hayden Christensen matches that with absolutely chilling matter-of-factness in saying that I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin, I did. And that's the part that directly contradicts what he said in episode three. Mind you, I'm not saying that this is a flaw or, you know, an error in storytelling or anything like that. Like I said earlier in the episode here, that line delivered in episode three was meant to throw Obi-Wan off his game and to deliver maximum pain. You could say that this line may also be meant to do the exact same thing under the circumstances, but it feels like it's more honest and it's all the more chilling because of it. And funnily enough, and I'm sure it's not just funnily enough, I'm sure this had to have been intentional, this actually kind of justifies the way that Obi-Wan Kenobi talks about Anakin and Vader to Luke Skywalker in A New Hope when he says that Darth Vader betrayed and murdered his father, Anakin Skywalker. Well, this is the certain point of view way of looking at that situation. And then Vader says, you know, the same way I'll destroy you, which at this point is obviously empty posturing. <laughs> and Obi-Wan responds to this by saying, then my friend is truly dead, which as we talked about yesterday is a reflection of Luke's statement to Vader about then my father is truly dead from Return of the Jedi. And with that, Obi-Wan signs off and says goodbye, Darth. And that, of course, goes right back to A New Hope again when Vader and Obi-Wan face each other on the Death Star and Obi-Wan says, yeah, you're only a master of evil, Darth. And people have argued over that line because Darth is a title. It's not a person like he is Vader from a personal standpoint. So you have to wonder in this particular case, now that we have this additional scene with this happening, whether Obi-Wan just can't come to talk to him as Darth Vader, whether he can't name him as Vader because he's not Vader to Obi-Wan, he's Anakin, even if 
Anakin is truly dead and just this, you know, murderous spirit has taken over him, has taken hold of his former best friend and brother. And so that's why he's only calling Anakin Darth rather than using the full name or using even the Vader name at all, which would be, you know, his new name in the Sith tradition. Obi-Wan is not acknowledging this at all. Then Obi-Wan walks away and leaves Darth Vader to suffer yet again. As he goes, Vader slash Anakin starts yelling, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, which is very reminiscent of Maul yelling, Kenobi, Kenobi, right? But of course he couldn't yell Kenobi because <laughs> that's already been done. So it's Obi-Wan instead, which also makes more sense for Anakin slash Vader anyway, because that's how he knew him. And of course, you know why Obi-Wan has to leave Vader alive by the end of this battle because, you know, continuity <laughs> and whatnot. And yet, and yet, you know, it's one thing that Obi-Wan left Anakin alive at the end of Revenge of the Sith. It's another thing leaving him alive here. Just what the purpose of it is and why Obi-Wan makes that choice, especially knowing everything that's happened over the last 10 years with the Empire. I mean, yeah, maybe the horror of seeing like that my friend is truly dead, but maybe hoping against hope that there's a possibility for redemption? It's hard to say, and in A New Hope, there's no indication that Obi-Wan thinks there's any bit left of Anakin in there, and in the conversation that Force Ghost Obi-Wan has with Luke, in Return of the Jedi, he says, you know, Vader's more machine now than man, twisted and evil, and doesn't actually think that there's any good or redemptive possibility for Vader at that point. So in that sense, it really does kind of leave the open question of why did Kenobi let Anakin live this time around? You know, ignoring all the continuity things, right? Just seriously, like, what is the story decision that makes him decide leaving Anakin there to suffer and possibly survive is the solution, right? What is the reasoning in that moment? And the only thing I've really come up with is that Obi-Wan basically, you know, would have had two options. One would have been to execute Anakin slash Vader right there, which is just something that he never would have done. Regardless of it being Anakin or Vader, just straight up execution stuff was really not the Jedi way. So it's just not something that he would have done. The other option would have been to take Vader into custody somehow. And yet, what an utterly useless possibility that would be. Because, of course, Vader is the ultimate representative of of the current galactic government. So you know, what good does like arresting him for what? Like, what are you gonna turn him in for? Like there's nothing to turn him in for at all. And you know, he's a representative of the state itself. So under those circumstances, really, Obi-Wan's only answer seems to be to turn and walk away the way that he did. So the only other loose end then that needs to be tied up is the question of Lola. So Obi-Wan is in possession of Lola as he departs this barren moon, and he heads straight to Tatooine with it. Now, Lola still has a tracker installed at this point, and Obi-Wan doesn't necessarily know it. So... Yeah, there's a question of whether somebody could track Obi-Wan to Tatooine. Invader said that they were trying to figure out where he was going, but maybe he didn't necessarily have information about the tracker. Maybe he didn't have whatever you know data set Reva had because Reva was the one to tell Vader that she'd put a tracker in Lola. So uh, yeah, maybe she just didn't turn over what she had. She just told him that I know where they're going or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it obviously requires a little you know presupposition on our part. But 
Vader, of course, gets taunted by Palpatine, and he has to say, yeah, Kenobi's of no concern, blah, 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 I'm moving on. But Vader has also demonstrated in other storytelling that he is more than willing to pursue his ends under the table, basically, like without the Emperor knowing about things. So it's entirely possible that Vader could still be looking, and Obi-Wan must be getting Lola back to Leia with more than enough time for Vader to be able to figure out that it was on Tatooine at any stretch of this whole situation. Again, that's a lot of, you know, supposition and guesses and whatnot, but that has to be the thing that would make sense because, yeah, otherwise Vader would attract him down, would attract him down for sure. Anyway, so there you go. That is my deeper dive breakdown into the final battle between Obi-Wan and Vader slash Anakin on that barren, desolate moon at the end of part six of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which we are calling Letting Go. And that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Seven by Seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.